and welcome to Gay Fab Friend and Friends, the first ever episode of my new podcast. I'm Gay Fab Friend, aka Todd Masterson, and I'm so excited that I finally have a podcast. I was like, you know what? The world needs right now something cutting edge, something new, something that hasn't been done. I know, a podcast. This podcast is for people that love an 11 a.m. Trader Joe's run on a Tuesday or an 11 a.m. Target run on a Tuesday or ranch dressing. I mean, we're going to talk about everything. Current events, grocery shopping, my two favorite things. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so excited to see what happens with this podcast. I mean, I've been talking to myself for 40 years out loud. I am an out loud self-talker. And I thought, why don't I start recording that? It only took me, I don't know, what, 15 years of podcasts existing to finally get my stuff together and make this podcast. I have my little laptop here with notes I will be looking at from time to time. Because here's the thing. I'm not perfect. A thing that's going to happen on this podcast is I'm going to stutter. I'm going to get tongue-tied. I'm going to forget my words. I'm going to breathe heavily with my delicious asthma breaths. I stutter. I stammer. I lose my train of thought. I will forget completely what I'm talking about mid-sentence. It happens all the time. And the main reason I'm doing this podcast is because I'm trying to get over my sense of perfection, as I think we all are. I need to just let things happen, you know? Like I said, I love talking to myself, and I am constantly talking to myself out loud. It's one of the reasons why I loved wearing masks during the pandemic, because I could mouth words to myself in the grocery store or out in public, and nobody knew. Except for that one time when I was in a Whole Foods, and uh, I forgot my mask in the car, and I'm walking down the aisles just jamming out, having a lip sync for my life to Whitney Houston. No mask on my face so everyone could see. I didn't realize until after I had already paid and was leaving the store that everyone could see my mouth move. But you know what? I slayed that lip sync. I did. I didn't miss one word. Other things about this podcast. I am going to say honestly, all right, seriously, literally, literally a million times. Okay, so get ready. Because I'm constantly going to say those words because that's just who I am, you know, because I need to stop striving for perfection, right? Because that's what I do. You're probably here because you watch me on TikTok or Instagram. And when I do video content there, I do jump cuts because I'm always breathing heavy, messing up my words, doing lots of uhs and ums. And you know what? I need to stop worrying about that so hard. And you can do that on a podcast. I just want to get out of my comfort zone and be okay with imperfections, you know? I'm going to miss obvious jokes and I'm going to forget jokes I wanted to tell. I need to not be so strict on myself. And the best part about doing a weekly podcast is that if I forget something that I wanted to talk about, I could just talk about it next week. Look, in the immortal words of Tracy and Cartoon, this is my show and I can do whatever I want. Having said that, I do have some rules about this podcast, okay? And these are rules that I am going to follow strictly to the T. And I hope that when I have guests in the future, they will also follow them. And when I say hope, I mean they will, because I will cut it out or I will beep it. First rule, right off the top, I promise I will never talk about P-O-O-P. Not on this podcast. I hate it so much. I feel like every podcast always devolves into P-O-O-P talk. And you know what? Not here on Gay Fat Friend and Friends. We are never going to talk about number twos. I won't allow it. Seriously, I hate it so much, especially when you're like eating lunch and all you wanted to do was watch a podcast on YouTube, like you can do this one every week, or listen to a podcast and 
As soon as you take your first bite, someone starts telling the grossest number two story. And you're like, God damn it. All I wanted to do was have a nice relaxing lunch. And on that note, I will also never, ever talk about Upchuck. I promise this will be the last episode of this podcast you will ever hear me talk about these things because I hate them so much. I have that condition. I forget what it's called, but it's that condition where if you hear talk about Upchuck, uh, even the words, like the technical words that describe it or the slang words, but when anybody ever talks about that, I myself get sick. Like it makes me sick and I think about it and I hate it so much. It has plagued me my entire life and I have no idea how to fix it. And so I promise when you listen to Gay Fab Friends and Friends, you're not going to hear any number twos and any Upchuck stories. And that's a Gay Fab Friend guarantee. The other rule I have about my podcast is that I promise I will never say F-A-G, okay? I hate it so much. I am firmly in the camp of not saying a word that was screamed at someone while they were being beat up, okay? I hate that word. I especially hate it when gay people say it. I don't know why. It just gets under my skin and it drives me crazy. And that's the thing about gay people and drag queens and stuff that say F-A-G and all of its, you know, counterparts. And when they say it, they think they're being so cutting edge. They think they're being so clever. And you know, They'll say it in conversation or they'll call someone that. And then they'll kind of like pause for a second and look around and be like, yeah, I said that. Where's my validation? No, I don't like it. We didn't need to reclaim it. We just need to stop saying it. Unless, of course, you're talking about an English cigarette. Then it's allowed. But only by the English. If you're American, you cannot say that word. It's called a cigarette. All right. And that's what you're going to call it. Now, I may, from time to time, say the phrase F-slur because I think that's one of the funniest phrases known to man. I think it's so funny when you call someone an F-slur, but literally that phrase, F-slur. But I promise I will never say the actual F-slur because that just infuriates me. There's no place for it, okay? We need to stop saying it. But also, live your life. If you want to be one of those gays that says it, especially like on stage or in a show, by all means, you do you. But on this podcast, in my life, here, in my rules, we're not saying the F word, okay? So those are the Gay Fab Friend and Friends podcast promises. You're never going to hear number two talks. You're never going to hear Upchuck talks. And you're never going to hear the F slur. Unless, of course, I say the phrase F slur, which, as we all know, is the funniest phrase known to man. All right, moving on. You probably found me from TikTok or Instagram or oddly threads. If you're here from... Fr if you're here from threads, God bless you. But you probably don't know too much about me other than what I post on those social media. So I thought, since this is the first episode, I could do a little life story. I could tell you guys more about me and where I come from. Does that sound fun? All right, great. Let's do it. By the way, uh, if you're just listening to this and you're not watching the YouTube feed, I do have a Sharpie marker in my hand, and that is because I have nervous hands. So if I don't hold something, I don't know what to do with my weird hands, and I will touch things odd, and I will tap. So as long as I have my emotional support Sharpie, everything's going to be fine. All right, so let me tell you my life story. I was born a poor... No, I'm kidding. I was born on a sheep farm in Missouri. Now, it wasn't like a commercial sheep farm. It was a pet sheep farm. We also had chickens. I think at one point we had two pigs. We had a horse once that kicked my mother, bruised her liver. My mom was in the hospital for a week, and we got rid of that horse. 
We had a very evil turkey once that chased me around the pasture. That's the word. I was like, what's the word uh, where animals live? We had this very evil turkey that chased me one time. And it was me and my friends. And I was running away from it. And I went to turn a corner at a fence. And I wasn't thinking because I was being chased by a literally evil turkey. So I grabbed the top of the fence to help me pivot around the pasture and the top of the fence was lined with barbed wire. And I think I probably went over two, maybe three barbs with my hand sliced it right open. Needless to say that Turkey didn't last much longer. We got rid of him quite quickly after that because he was seriously an evil nightmare. But yeah, I grew up on a farm in a little town called Warrington, Missouri. Now, when I tell people where I'm from, I always say St. Louis because Warrington is about 45 minutes outside of St. Louis. And when you meet someone in L.A. or San Francisco, Seattle, New York, when you meet someone in another city, you say, I'm from St. Louis. And then they can pinpoint it on the map in their mind. But occasionally you can meet someone from St. Louis. So then they go, oh, me too. What high school did you go to? Because that's a thing in St. Louis. It's probably a thing in every city. Oh my God, we're back. Sorry, I had to take a quick break because I just sneezed right into the microphone. Good Lord. Anyway, like I said, I'm from St. Louis. And when you're from St. Louis and you meet someone from there, they always go, oh my God, I'm from there too. What high school did you go to? Which people in every city probably do that. That's probably a thing in every city in the country. But for some reason, it's really big in St. Louis. So it does backfire when you tell people in other cities that you're from St. Louis. Because when you meet someone in another state, they're not going to know where Warrington, Missouri is, right? And then you're going to have to answer a bunch of other questions, and you're going to have to tell them where you live. It's easier to just say St. Louis because you can pinpoint that, you know? And also, if you don't want to answer more questions and you meet someone from St. Louis and they ask you where you went to high school, you can just say the word central because there's like 18 central high schools and you can just be like, I went to central and walk away. <laughs> St. Louis is famous for a couple things. Uh, they have a lot of racism there. <laughs> but they also have St. Louis-style pizza, a.k.a. Emo's, which is my favorite pizza on the planet. It is the square beyond compare. They use a made-up cheese called Provel, which I believe is a mixture of provolone and mozzarella that you can only get in St. Louis. I have tried to find it in other cities many times. No one has ever heard of it or has it. You can now order it on Gold Belly, I believe the service is called. But I looked it up, and it's hundreds of dollars. Last time I was in St. Louis, I had this idea that I was going to buy a bunch of Provel and box it up and send it back to myself. But that didn't work out because it is not shelf stable. It has to be refrigerated. My whole life, I thought it was like Velveeta, where you could just grab it off the shelf, keep it in your pantry for a couple months and then make pizza. But that is not the case. She's pricey. Okay. But if you ever find yourself in St. Louis or Southern Illinois, please go to Emo's for me and pour one out for the homies because it's such a delicious pizza. And it's really not fair that you can't get it anywhere else in the country. Like I said, I grew up on a sheep farm in Missouri and we used to sell sheep occasionally to market, but maybe like one or two a year, not truckloads of sheep. And we, I remember one year tried to sell some wool or at least we sheared all the sheep and kept all the wool and then no one bought the wool and it rotted in the barn. So, so yeah, I grew up on a pet farm outside St. Louis. And I'm going to tell you right now, gang, growing up in a teeny tiny farm town as a big old gay boy is not easy. <laughs> Forget what you've heard. It was hard. 
But you know what? It made me who I am, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I had a good childhood when I look back on it. It was hard being in it, but once I got out of it, it, I had a great childhood, gang. I grew up the youngest of three boys. I have two older brothers. I am the baby, which makes sense. And if you're the baby, you get it. The world just treats us different. So that's why we are how we are. (laughs) My two older brothers and their families and my parents all live back in Missouri, and I go back to visit them often. I really do love my time on the farm, especially with my family. It's a world that I can't get anywhere else. Does that make sense? After I graduated high school, I went to college at Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, home of Rush Limbaugh. So that should tell you how great that town is. It was also the home of a lady astronaut, but not like one of the famous lady astronauts. I mean, she wasn't Sally Ride or anything. (laughs) I do know that her face is on a painted mural downtown on the flood wall, but I could not tell you her name to save my life. In college, I studied musical theater. I got a degree in musical theater performance, which, gang, if you're going to go to college and you want a degree that will pay off tenfold, get a musical theater performance degree from Southeast Missouri State University. Oh, the places you will go. I will say, though, I'm glad I went to school there. I met my best friend of all time, Kendra, and she actually still lives in Cape Girardeau. And I go back to see her once a year. And, you know, it's great to go back to your college town, your old stomping grounds. There is and has always been one gay bar there. It is the gay bar that I came out in. It's called Independence Place. It's a mixture of everything. Gay boys, lesbians, drag queens. It's the first place I ever saw a drag queen in real life. And it is literally my happy place in my head. Like sometimes when I'm sad, I can think about that first drag show where I saw, Oh God, what was her name? Uh, I can't remember her name, but she performed Shania Twain. And this is 1998. She performed Shania Twain and she was just beautiful. And it was like a scene in a movie where everything kind of muted around me and the lights got brighter on her. And I'm just like, watching her as a star angel on the stage. Good old Independence Place. Still there today. I mean, it's burned down like seven times. You can't keep a good bitch down, okay? They just keep reopening that bar, you know? Independence Place will probably exist after the nuclear bombs go off. There's some pretty fun progressive things to do in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. But another reason I'm glad I went to school there is because my junior year in the year 2000... What? I got to study abroad in London and I got to travel all over Europe in the prime of my life. I mean, I was 20 years old. I had all the energy for days, everything from my, like all of my scholarships and and all of my school money tuition was paid for. So like, I just got to run around Europe for six months. It was so great. And truly, you know, that's where I fell in love with the UK. I, I love the Royals, even though they're complicated and really serve no purpose for the world, but yet I love them. I love the pomp and circumstance. I love the tradition. But also, I love the food of England and the grocery stores. And I know that you don't hear that often. You don't hear good food in England, uh, but it's there. And I had a really great time. My favorite grocery store is called Sainsbury's. Oh, Sainsbury's. It is the best. They have everything grab and go. It's like Trader Joe's 2.0, but everything's fresh and good. You could walk in and get a tuna salad and sweet corn sandwich whenever you want. Which, if you're not familiar, sweet corn is what they put in their tuna salad. I know, it sounds crazy, but it's delicious and you gotta try it. 
England also has the best chocolate. I mean, you're not going to find better chocolate than England. And that's legally like in the States, you can't sell certain chocolates because of their fat content or something, but they don't have those laws in England. So you can get good old fatty chocolate whenever you want. Also, fatty chocolate would be a good drag name. Studying abroad in London was seriously the best time. I mean, we got to go to Dublin for Halloween, which you guys, Ireland is my favorite country on the planet. Um, my great grandparents or great great grandparents can never remember the math, but my ancestors are all Irish and Scottish. I had my DNA done and I'm like 68% Irish and Scottish genetically. Okay. So don't come for me. But my family is Irish and Scottish and Ireland truly is like the homeland. I remember getting there and just feeling this weird energy connection to the land. Like, you know, that thing where you, they say you step off the plane and you know your home. That's how I felt in Dublin. Ireland truly is the most beautiful country I've ever been to. I would love to live there one day. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Hey, if I get a huge Irish audience, why don't you guys move me to Dublin? Okay. I love it there. But yeah, we got to do Dublin for Halloween and it was the year 2000. So like Halloween wasn't huge yet, you know, cause Halloween's an American holiday. Halloween wasn't huge yet. People were still experimenting with it. And so it was really fun. They had a big Halloween parade. Now look also don't come for me because I could be getting that wrong. I just remember you know, 24 years ago that everyone said Halloween wasn't big yet and it was just taking off. But Dublin had a big Halloween parade and it, and just running around the city with my friends on Halloween in Dublin, like that was crazy. And then we did Thanksgiving in Amsterdam and that was hilarious, you know? We all got to Amsterdam, we got stoned off our asses and we're walking around the city and we were like, it's Thanksgiving, we should try to find American food, right? Like we were just kind of stoned and tired and we just wanted a taste of home. So we walked around Amsterdam for a few hours and the first and only American thing we found was Hard Rock Cafe. So we went to the Hard Rock Cafe in Amsterdam and had Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, we had burgers and soups and salads and pizza. I want to say for six people, our bill was $7,000, but you know what? It was worth that. I wouldn't change that memory for anything. I highly recommend, if it's even still open, to go to the Hard Rock Cafe in Amsterdam for Thanksgiving. It's a treat. You'll remember it forever. And then you can just hop over to the Van Gogh Museum and make a real night of it, you know, and then brunch at the Anne Frank House the next day. It's a dream. Anyway, after college, I moved to New York because, you know, musical theater degree. I wanted to be on Broadway. And you guys, getting on Broadway, I don't know if you've heard this. It's hard, all right? It is not easy to get on Broadway. I was in one, no, I was in two off-Broadway shows. One was called The Donkey Show, which was Midsummer Night's Dream set in a disco in the 70s. It was interactive theater before interactive theater really had become a thing. And then we did another off-Broadway show called The Karaoke Show, which was Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors set in a karaoke club. Again, same company, interactive theater, way before it had been a thing. We were produced by Jordan Peterson, I'm pretty sure that's his name, who is a huge Broadway producer now. But it was one of his first productions, and it was so much fun. I loved being in those shows. But, surprise, surprise, did not pay much, and it was hard work. And I just couldn't seem to get past off-Broadway, you know? So after three years of living in New York, I decided, I, you know what? I want to move to Los Angeles and work in television. So I packed up my things, moved across country. I knew no one. I didn't even want to live in L.A., but I was like, well, they're not making TV in New York, you know? 
I got to get to LA. I did not like it when I first moved there, but after the first year, I fell in love. And you guys, I am a California boy through and through. It is my favorite state. I love Los Angeles. I know a lot of people don't say that, but I lived there for 15 years. I met my husband, who is my soulmate, Rob. I will talk about him more in the future, but I loved my time in LA so much. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And then a few years ago, Rob got a fancy job here in Seattle and they moved us up here. And now I'm in Seattle. Look, I will definitely talk more. Obviously I will tell stories of Los Angeles forever. And I will tell stories of Seattle and Missouri and England and everything. But I just wanted to give you a little backstory of me life for the first episode, you know, and I'm trying to keep these episodes short and sweet. I want to keep them under 30 minutes because I want it to be something you check in on, on like a lunch break or your drive to work in the morning or at night as you're going to bed. However you want to consume this podcast, I want to be there for you so you can watch me on YouTube, listen to me on Apple or Spotify, do whatever you want. The world is your oyster when it comes to gay fat friend and friends. Okay. Again, thank you guys so much for being here and listening to my show and supporting me. I'm really excited. We're going to be here every week. Now, at the end of every episode, I'm going to do a segment called, What's Your Order? What's Your Order? Tell me what's your order. Come on, what's your order? I have here in my hands a beautiful rip and dip shoebox. And inside this shoebox are several fast food restaurants. And every week, I'm going to pick out one name and tell you what my order is at that fast food restaurant. And then we're going to talk about it. Because I firmly believe that every human on the planet has the same order at every chain restaurant. And it never changes. So without further ado, let's draw the first restaurant for everybody's favorite segment, What's Your Order? And today's restaurant is Five Guys. Beep, 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 beep. Oof, y'all, I love me some Five Guys, okay? It is probably my favorite fast food burger. It's a close tie with Wendy's. But Five Guys, because I love their fries so much, Five Guys is probably my favorite fast food burger. Now, does it cost $1 million? Yes. Five Guys is a treat. You don't just eat Five Guys every day, okay? But here's my order at Five Guys. I get the cheeseburger, which is two patties. I get grilled mushrooms, grilled onions, lettuce, mayonnaise and ketchup. I know that sounds weird. I don't add any tomatoes or onions. Uh, I should say raw onions. I don't add any tomatoes or raw onions because I don't want the burger to get too goopy. It's already goopy as it is, right? I get regular fries, not the Cajun fries. I tried the Cajun fries once. They were too spicy. I did not like them. The Cajun seasoning ruined the fries. Yeah, I said it. The Cajun seasoning at Five Guys ruined the fries. So I just get regular fries and my cheeseburger. If I'm eating in store, I will get peanuts, but I don't ever get peanuts to go. One of my favorite, absolute favorite parts of Five Guys is that they are one of the last bastions of a Coke freestyle machine. And you guys, clearly I love me some soda, but we are a Coke Zero family. And Coke freestyle machines are the greatest gift ever given to man, okay? I love a Coke freestyle machine. I don't know why they don't exist everywhere. You do have to be careful though, because like I said, we are a Coke Zero family. And the one thing that is always problematic about a freestyle machine is that they are out of the zero sugar syrups. And nothing kills a burger boner faster than not having the soda you want. I mean, honestly, 
nine times out of 10, the drink is just as important as the main dish to me, okay? I get a certain drink at McDonald's. I get a certain drink at Taco Bell. I get a certain drink at Five Guys. When I'm at Five Guys and I have access to the beautiful freestyle machine, I get Coke Zero with a splash of Cherry Coke Zero right on top. And it is the best combination from a freestyle machine you can get. I will sometimes, if I'm feeling saucy, I will sometimes get a Zero Fanta. But other than that, it's always a Coke Zero with a little bit of Cherry Coke Zero. Oh, I honestly want one right now. And it is dinner time, so I think I'm going to go. Now, what's your order at Five Guys? I'm dying to know. Do you even go there? Is it a restaurant you like or do you hate it? Or are you a vegetarian and do you not eat burgers? Look, these are questions I want answers to. And I really hope you give them to me. All right, guys, that was our first episode of Gay Fat Friend and Friends. We did it. I, I can't believe we got through that. We had a couple stumbles. You know, I had to sneeze. I coughed a few times. You didn't see it because I cut it out. And y'all at home or in your cars, you didn't hear it because I'm good at what I do. This was so fun. I can't wait to do it again. We're going to hang out every week and just talk about stuff. And now that you know my life story, it's going to make a whole lot of sense when I make sheep jokes all the time. And with that, we'll be back next week. Get it? See? Sheep jokes. Now you know. My name is Todd Masterson, a.k.a. Gay Fat Friend, and this has been Gay Fat Friend and Friends. I can't wait to see you next week. I'll talk to you then. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>